Welcome to the Give, Receive, Improve weekly podcast with Lisa Lam and Sawana Ali. This podcast was inspired to help new managers overcome the challenges of managing and leading people. We have a combined experience of over 50 years in leadership and management roles. We know, and I mean we know, the struggles and rewards of leading individuals and teams. We believe that you should not be facing your challenges alone. So let's start this journey together. To find out more, check out our respective sites at lisalamcoach.com and sawanaali.com. In this episode, you will learn how to put feedback into actions by asking yourself three key questions. The why, why am I doing this? What do I need to do? And what sort of support structure do I need to have in place? So let's get going. Receiving feedback is essential in the learning and development process. However, the real benefits of feedback is when it is experienced. In other words, when we are able to translate the feedback or words into tangible action items, which will result in behavioral changes that are observable or noticeable by others. Now, the outcome has to be observable, as that is what the feedback is based on. Therefore, the ultimate goal of any feedback is one where the person giving you the feedback should be able to observe or notice the change that has taken place. After all, no one is able to know your intentions, but people can certainly see and feel the resulting action. We also know that intentions and outcomes do not always go hand in hand. I mean, how many times have our intentions or outcomes not go according to plan? So let's keep that in mind. To help in the process of putting feedback into action, there are basically three key milestones that we need to achieve. The first is we need to be able to translate that idea or that feedback into some sort of an action. Second, that action must result in something that is observable in terms of your behavior or habits that people can see. The third one is that change has to be something that is permanent or something that you are able to repeat on an ongoing basis. So in order for us to start, there are basically three key questions that you need to ask yourself. Number one, why am I doing this? What is the motivation? Why do I need to put this particular feedback into action? Now, when we are clear on the why or the motivation behind the change, we can then move on to the next question. Now, we all know that if we do not have a clear why or a goal, it is not going to be successful. Number two, what do I need to do and what sort of actions do I need to break down into small, simple steps? What changes do I need to make? List them out. Then break them down into the smallest or simplest tasks you can think of. That's right. Break it down to bite sizes, as this will help you tackle them without feeling overwhelmed. Number three, what structures do I need? What supporting structures, routines, or tools, or even people do I need help from? in order for me to be able to act on this plan. Now, we all know that just thinking up a plan, but not having put a place, a structure in place to help you get there is another sure way of failing. So let's break down the first concept, which is translating an idea into action. What do we need to do to break down that idea into action or behavioral changes? 
the most common thing for us to do, or most common trap that we fall into, is we go in and we go in big and bold. We make the biggest possible change or take the biggest action we believe we need to make. However, I'm sure that you've experienced those moments where you have dived head in first only for you to fizzle out after a week or two. Why is that? Well, it's probably because it's too difficult or the gap between where you are now to the desired outcome is wide. Now, we all know that if we try to take on big chunks, the likely scenario is that nothing happens or we will just give up midstream as it's too difficult. Now, both of which is caused by perceiving the change to be too hard or impossible to achieve. Now, according to BJ Fogg, the author of Tiny Habits, the most effective means of making or creating new habits is to break down any actions into small, simple steps. And small, simple steps repeated will lead to habit formation. What about you, Sel? How have you translated a feedback into action? That's really a great question, Lisa. Knowing the why is absolutely critical as we do things for a reason. And that reason will basically put us on course in the long term. I like your idea of thinking big and bold. After all, you deserve that freedom to explore all possibilities. Thinking big and bold will shape your vision. It guides you to charter your journey towards your intended destination. Now, let's say you have thought about Big and Bold, and you have this vision of becoming the best product manager in your company within three years. How do you then steer your direction to achieve that in three years? To make it simple, I encourage you to consider three key factors. Number one, think results. Number two, compartmentalize milestones and number three improve incrementally what exactly do i mean by that firstly let's start thinking results when we talk about results they can be tangible like something that you can quantify in numbers such as achieving the 5 million mark in three years and it can also be intangible such as improvement in quality for instance better engagement with business partners. Now, let us look at the second factor, compartmentalize milestones. This is where you break down the three-year vision into small parts, bringing down the vision into specific operational plans, identifying short-term goals, determining activities and programs to achieve the short-term goals be weekly, monthly, or quarterly. In a nutshell, these are action items for you to execute to achieve your intended goals for a certain duration of time. And I would encourage you to describe this part using verbs because the emphasis is really on actions. You must do something to get to where you want to go. For example, one of the short-term milestones is for you to improve your skills in communicating product benefits to the small and mid-market audiences. And you have an inventory of action items to do, such as to identify the hot buttons of the small and mid-market, or to use the language that they are familiar with, and to rehearse the communication piece with your focus group. The third factor is really to improve incrementally. You must start with a certain baseline 
on your current position against where you are heading. Knowing exactly where you stand will prepare you to not only chatter your short-term milestones that we talked about just now, it will also help you in knowing exactly the key areas that you need to improve. When you are in this mode, you will proactively seek for feedback in every opportunity that you have. You will own it and readily act on feedback as you receive them. In addition, whenever you hear someone communicate something to you, you can effectively select the specific feedback that you know will make a difference in your journey. To summarize what I have covered, thinking big and bold with discipline will anchor your behavior in the long term to steer you into the direction to achieve your why. Simply said, you think results, compartmentalize milestones, and improve incrementally. Yeah, that's right, Sal. Now that we've covered the first concept of translating an idea into action, the next challenge is actually putting it into play. And eventually, whatever that we've uh, put into play is something that other people will be able to notice, whether it's a change of our behaviors or actions or eventually becoming a habit for us. Now, as we've mentioned earlier, intention alone does not mean that we have put the feedback into action. For example, I could have an intention of living healthier, but unless I do something about it, nothing will come out of that intention. So therefore, the challenge with putting anything into action lies with how hard or easy an action is perceived. Once again, according to B.J. Falk, the author of Tiny Habits, the most effective means of making or creating new habits is to break down any actions into small, simple steps. Small, simple steps repeated leads to habit formation. So therefore, it is a good practice that you can apply into any area of change, is to break it down and to break down any actions into its simplest form. For example, if I want to run 5 kilometers, I can't expect to run 5 kilometers on day 1. To even imagine running non-stop for 100 meters might be daunting. Now, I need to build up my skills, my stamina and confidence of running. And to do this, I need to start small. I would start with simple steps such as set aside time, maybe three times a week to exercise or to walk and run. I would put it into my calendar and put aside that 30 minutes. Now, if I don't have running shoes, I would need to buy one. Now, which that I would have to admit would be a fun activity to do. So I would just start with the simplest things that I need to get going. Now, don't be concerned or shy away and think, oh, that's too simple or that's too trivial. The idea is to make it so simple that you have no excuse not to do it. Now, eventually, over time, as you keep doing the simple steps one at a time and moving on to the next, you will eventually create a new habit or experience changes that you want to. And over time, the people around you will probably be the first to notice the difference. So for example, let's take the running exercise. I've already said that it could sound really simple to just buy a pair of running shoes, but maybe that's what I need to get going because I need to have a pair of running shoes to run. After which, maybe is to put out my running shoes at the door so that when I see it, I know, okay, that's what I need to do today. So I would prepare for it. Or it could be as simple as taking out my running shorts and running t-shirt. Something that's, you know, inspires me to, to try it or to attempt it. 
the idea is put out steps that you need in the most simple and enjoyable fashion. What about you, Sel? How have you approached some of the uh, changes that you needed to make or translate some of these things into your action plan? What an interesting and practical approach. I have subscribed to that for a long time, Lisa. Following your example on running specifically, I started running half marathon about 15 years ago and I did exactly what you said, starting small, repetitively. As a matter of fact, I followed the exact guidelines and routine out of this book, Runner's Complete Guide to Running, a 12-week improvised half marathon schedule which is based exactly on the same concept that you talked about. And I'm happy to say that it really worked. I transformed from someone who could only run a short distance slowly to someone who could endure the pain and joy of a long-distance run. On that note, I approach execution of an action plan in the same manner, in terms of detailing action items, taking small steps to ensure that I execute it and achieve small wins at the same time. It is important to celebrate the small wins to keep the momentum for you to continue doing what you need to do. Some days are really tough. There is always that factor, you know, that demon in your head pushing you to do the easy thing instead of the right thing. One key factor that we need to be mindful about is the discipline. My approach to this is just to go ahead and do it. I mean, think about the Nike slogan, just do it. If your schedule says your run starts at 7am, then make sure you make that move and show up at 7am. Shut the demon in your head. Do not negotiate. Initially, it might be hard to do this. However, we are all creatures of habits. After a few times, it will get easier and before you know it, this will become your routine. Something that you cannot do without. Another factor that you need to appreciate when executing action plan is measuring success. Think about this as incremental improvement. Looking back at the running example, you must have a certain definition of success for every milestone. For instance, it can be as simple as how easy it is for you to get up in the morning and show up this week in comparison to last week. And you must be honest when you do this as this is a mechanism of self-assessment. One supporting approach that has worked effectively is to have a shadow or a body doing this together with you. Your shadow or body will act as a motivator or a checkpoint person to ensure that you do what you need to do. If you take this approach, you need to respect the role that your shadow must play and take your feedback for improvement very seriously. The next thing to look into is how can I make this change stick or how can I make it permanent? That's where structure comes into place. A structure is just basically any routines or supporting tools or infrastructure that you need to keep you going. It helps you to start, track, review and make corrections along the way. There is absolutely no perfect plan. Therefore, having structure in place will keep you on track or to help you monitor your progress and make the necessary corrective changes. Now, so what is the structure that I could put in place? So let's take the example of running. 
There are a couple of tools that I can use. One obviously is my calendar, which, whereby I do need to spend, I do need to set aside the time to do the training. Second, I would need some sort of a know-how in terms of how do I even get started with running. Because all I know today when it comes to running is it's just going to be painful and it's going to be hard. So obviously I need help. So what would I do? I would probably need to look for a running routine or a plan. I know today that on the web, there's you know, lots of people sharing their routines and plans on how to run. There are also numerous running applications that you can download on your phone. I've, I remember trying out an app called Couch Potato to 5K in 12 weeks. So download any tool that you need to help you go, to help you start. And for example, if I've downloaded the running app, I can just follow the plan. And all I have to then do is set aside the time to do it. So therefore, another critical tool that's in our arsenal today is this thing called calendar. Now I can put it into, I definitely have to put it into my calendar in order to make uh, the routine stick. So that's an important structure that you need to have in place. Another structure that I think is critical when it comes to, for example, running is to find someone or a group that is going to be running. So I could have a friend who, let's say, is an expert in marathon running. I could ask that friend for some help. I could even, for example, ask that friend if he or she would like to train with me or to run with me. After all, training alone is great. When you're starting out because you're kind of embarrassed to, you know, for other people to see how bad you are. Or it's a great way for you to get going for those of you who need a little bit more motivation. And, you know, it's fun when you have people to suffer with. Uh, but, you know, as you get along with running, it is actually fun and enjoyable to have someone to run alongside. Because it's not just about the running, but it's also about the company. Now, that could be part of your support and support network or structure. So therefore, as a summary, you could use technologies, you can use tools, books, applications, and people to help you get there. In essence, use whatever you need, and today we are certainly not without options. So net of it is structures keep you going. What about you, Sal? Have you used some structures to help you? Those are really great examples of structures, Lisa. It is amazing how easy it is these days to keep us all in check in whatever that we aspire to do. There is always an app somewhere out there in the cloud to support us in getting towards our personal goals. I use a little bit of apps too. However, just to recap, the foundation of everything that I do is still the basic stuff that we have discussed. They are setting goals, creating schedules with relevant action items, and measuring success. To strengthen the stickiness of adopting a new habit, I rely on a couple of key structures. Firstly, I precondition my mindset and this belief that whatever new habits that I want to adopt, it will take me 21 days to make it stick. With such belief, I make sure that I stay committed in doing what I need to do with conviction and personally reward myself for a job well done. With grit and dedication, you will get there and within three weeks, you will acquire a new habit. Key is you have to believe and act. We cannot underestimate the importance of this. You probably might have read many articles that saying you can basically adopt a new habit 
if you keep on doing it for 21 days. I think it may vary from individuals to individuals, but as far as I'm concerned, it has worked for me. So I stick to the 21 days. And another element that I really want to emphasize is it's really about the belief and the conviction. You know yourself best. But without such commitment, conviction, and belief, and following through on those commitment day in and day out, it probably might be still a challenge for you to get it done. So it is important to get that right from the onset. Secondly, I rely on people that I can trust, those who sincerely appreciate my why and my purpose. I will typically have a conversation on areas that I need to be checked on. I will talk through my wish, how I see myself doing and progressing, and at the same time, seek their feedback on their true observations on my improvement. These are really precious times because the conversation is all about what I should be doing more and what I should stop doing. It is always refreshing to come out from such conversations with people whom you know have your interests at heart. Well, Lisa, those are the two valuable approaches that I have utilized to enhance stickiness of a change or a new behavior. So far, these two have really worked well for me. That's really great, Sal, that you've shared along the lines of mindset and the people around you who are able to provide you with the necessary structure to help you reach your goals. So let's summarize. In order to turn feedback into tangible and observable actions, there are basically three key concepts to remember. The first is motivation. Know the why. Why are you doing this? Why is it so important that you're going to put in all the effort to make it real? So the clearer and deeper the reason, the more powerful the motivation. Second, small, simple steps. Break down all the big, bold goals and plans that you have into small, simple steps. This will make it easier for you to start the journey, but also for you to endure through the journey. Small, simple steps will enable you to develop skills and confidence with each one that you have successfully completed. And of course, don't forget to celebrate each win. Three, structures. Having a supporting structure in place, whether it's technology-based such as a calendaring app, a task or to-do management list, books, podcasts, and people, or go for training or people who are able to help, support, and encourage you along the way. Those are all critical structures that we all need in order to keep us going. We hope that you found this podcast helpful. Take away at least one main idea, and if you're able to put that into action, that's a win already. In our next podcast, we will be talking about how to create a feedback culture in your team. As always, please subscribe to the podcast and let us know what you would like to learn next. And give us your feedback as we aim to continuously improve on what we're doing. Check out our respective websites at lisalamcoach.com and sewanaali.com. Take care and remember, you are not alone in your struggles as a manager.